The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I, in my suitcase over there, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. I'm, I got Jordans yeah. and black and yeah. gray. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. New York City and Kentucky don't yeah. work very well. No, man. it does not. Oh, yeah. What's up, mofo? We brought Kentucky to New York City, a.k.a. Connecticut. We're right outside of, you know, you got the deal, whatever. As Chris Sims of, uh, yeah, tri-state area. It's all predicated to New York City. I mean, we don't exist if it weren't for the New York City, right? So Connor Rogers is here. Chris Sims. Chris Sims Unbutton. Episode 486. We're going to hit a little Ask Me Anything today. It's the weekend after the Derby. Connor Rogers was at the Derby. I saw you had a little New York flair in Kentucky. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, you didn't go dark that day on TV. You weren't like Johnny New York, like all black and I doing mean, all that. I would have stood out like a, I would have looked like you, a mob boss. You, well, yeah, especially there. at the yeah. Derby when it's like all about colors it's and pastels, yes. right? Even right? on Thurby Day, yes. on Thursday. It's yeah. all pinks, greens, it's yellows. It's all you see, right? Nobody so wearing I, black I found and white. The, I found the sweet balance. Look, good. You did. You did good. Look, you're business casual. Yep. You look the like the shades down there. You look like you're Johnny Wall Street. You're about to go to a, you know, a cookout after work. Yep. Fine uh, at In the Hamptons. That's yeah, what you right. look like. You're right. right. You probably got some like uh, loafers on with no socks. Uh, and um, and yeah, you look like you make like 20 million a year, like a Wall Streeter. Unfortunately, you don't. Though. I Sorry. hope people thought that there. That's the goal right there. Uh, dress, cool. for, dress for the job you want. Right? You had a good time, though. It was a real good time. Yeah, it's good race. Uh, I know there's some. I know there's some questions about this. What is that? That is Flat Stanley. Uh, Flat so Stanley. That is Flat Stanley. So me being the good uncle that I am, my nephew has a school oh. project. Yeah, you, you probably know about I got this, Chris. You. Right. Where he has his Flat Stanley character, and right. he has to go to as many places as he can. Yeah. So the kids can learn about the places. Right. So I'll tell you a funny story. I brought Flat Stanley here to NBC one day. Yeah. Because we have the big NBC sign out front, right. and I want to take a picture of him in front of the of the rings and everything thing and of course the shuttle lets out right as i'm taking the pictures so like and i'm pretty new here yeah so there's like 40 people walking into work staring at me <laughs> who's like who's the dumb kid taking yeah, a picture of his artwork who is this freak right now taking this picture and then jay put me on blast of me doing uh, the derby good, good so it is for my Way nephew to go, jay. yeah 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 so it's that's a, all it's right a we didn't project. really think you traveled around with a cutout it would little, be concerning yeah, it, would, it be. would be wildly concerning so uh, flat stanley got to go to kentucky flat as well. stanley okay that's a new one right. yeah. but yeah i i did go through that actually i've been the uh we i remember my little boy had to bring some bear or whatever around right it was the same thing and we ended up bringing them to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty. Pretty good trip. I was out. I think you were out there a little over. You were you bleach report? No, that was San Francisco. I didn't go right before you yep. were there, right? Yep. So, but yeah, I I remember the day going. 
you know, yeah, we had to take pictures at the Super Bowl. He had to make sure he documented all of it. <laughs> and he was kind of like a little bigger than just a small teddy bear where it was like, it's kind of annoying he's in the fucking Super Bowl seat yeah. here <laughs> with you right now. Like this fucking stupid ass thing. Can we get out of here? All right. So, uh, well, he's paper, so it was worse. You have to be really I careful. I thought his head was going to fly off. Like, right. Three I just. Me, be, arm me being an idiot, I didn't bring a folder. I just shoved him in my book bag against my laptop. Oh, gosh. And I was like, right. man, if I bring this thing home ripped, I am in big trouble. Well, so it's Stanley's first experience with a man, which is called not being prepared and being gentle all the way. 100%. <laughs> so that was Kentucky. Kentucky all right. was great. That was cool. Kentucky. I got to go. I'm going next year, as I've always said. I mean, got to do it. I'm, uh, my family's all there. My dad grew up right around the corner. And I think uh, 150th anniversary, I'll, I'm going to uh, try to. Try to hit up the Derby and, and enjoy that one. Uh, glad you're back. All right. Um, Connor's driving the ship today, as you guys could tell. Ahmed's out. He had a long weekend. He did an unbelievable job. It's awesome. Pre-game for the Derby. Yesterday, he was in Atlanta for baseball. So now we're going to hit it up. And, Connor, I'll, I'll lay out for you and let you just take over the show from here on out. Let's do it. And I did see Ahmed there. Talk about the man has range. The fact that he masters – the Derby. Right. And then, and then does can talk base- to me. And then does baseball. <laughs> right. And technically could have been here, but it was like, let's give yeah, you a let's, bre- be, let's, let's give you a breather. He was going to come here. He we was, had to tell him to go, hey, yes. dude, it's okay. You'll, you'll miss our May 7th or yeah. 8th <laughs> yes. AMA podcast. Rookie it's not mini a big camp. deal. Exactly. Right. Exactly. News so, is not uh, filling up as far as the NFL right now. It's definitely a little slow time. So we are going to have a lot of fun today because I, I know you guys hadn't done this in a while. This yeah. is an all mailbag show. Yeah, cool. So if people had questions lingering from the draft, if they have questions about players going into year two sometimes rookie mini camp stuff basically anything is on the table today Chris a hashtag ask me anything and I think a good topic to start with Justin Fields throwing motion yeah baby is where we're going to open things up a couple questions here right away this one from Vago underscore K said Chris we need the quarterback whisperer to evaluate that motion and we'll show that just in a second here and the English male said his arm still looks like an independent contractor. Well, it, it's 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 going to be the ongoing issue or thing that Justin Fields has to deal with in his again growth as an NFL starting quarterback. Right? You know, again, there was there's a reason. Here you go. We had uh, this talk early on in the offseason about they wanted to maybe trade away the first pick. That didn't come out of nowhere, right? You know, th- yeah, he's got an incredible running ability. I hope you're watching this on the NBC Sports, uh, NBC YouTube page right now, you know, to, to, to kind of dissect his technique there. But, yeah, I don't like that. And our guy's right there as far as, you know, the English male. He's he's a listener and knowing what I mean by independent contractor. Yeah, I've heard you I've heard you say this yeah, before. Well, yep. it's just the the body has to be used with the arm and sometimes he's just a little too army altogether. Now this isn't bad. He gets his shoulder to the target pretty good. He gets a little turn into it. So those are good things from Justin Fields. Do I love his arm slot and the fact that that elbow goes we we throw through the elbow? No, I don't love that. Watch how it goes elbow, right? Mm, yep. And then hinges up there like that. You know, there's not a lot of great great throwers in the history of football who threw the ball like that. Now we've seen improvement, but yes, is that like perfect to me? No. No, but I do again like the base and the shoulder turn which 
will help out the fact that I don't love the rest of the motion after that. Does the elbow kind of popping like that, does it delay it a little bit? Does it make it slower? Well, like, what is it to you that you think translates to the game being a problem? Yeah, well, one, like, I don't think it always – it's it's the connection with the rest of the body. So now it's like, yeah, we turn the body and we do this. But, you know, again, like, if you were going to punch somebody or you were going to get an arm wrestling match, would you want to throw your elbow up? Is that the position yeah. of power? No, right. You know, you want to have it a little lower yeah. to where now you can bring the whole body in with it and have force behind it. So that's where, you know, I think there's that. There's the the element of when you get like that, the arm can get too loose and floppy, yep. and it's hard to replicate it one throw after another. You know, that's why mechanics are important. You're not always going to have the best feel every day, right? You've been an athlete. Yeah. You know, some days you get a basketball and you just go, damn, it just feels good. Yep. And I can just, I'm just hitting everything, and you don't even know why, right? And then two days later, you go you come out there and you're going to shoot a basketball and you go man I was on fire the other day I'm going to just take off right where I was the other day and all of a sudden you go damn I can't get it to go in yep. I don't have my feel today what is that well that's when mechanics come in that's when mechanics go oh I don't have my A game feel today so wait let me keep my you know I'm talking basketball here let me keep my shooting in let me you know extend my arm more well th that's the same with throwing you know, there's going to be days where, yeah, you're not going to have it. And that's where base, shoulder turn, you know, how you're lined up appropriately to the target and all that, so where, where your weight is transferred on your back leg, then you can rely on those on days where you go, ooh, I'm a little off, right? I'm off. But, like, technicians – You'll never know. Like Brady's yep. off day, he's going, I'm off. And we're going, damn, he's he's nine for 11 right now. He's not off, off. Like, Same right? thing for pitchers. Exactly. Right? Exactly so. right. So that's got to be fixed. And that's what we're going to be watching for here. You know, the, the next stage of development. We saw them run the ball. He does that at a very elite level, right? We love that because we thought that buys him time to grow in the passing department here. But, yeah, this is the year where it's got to grow, and it's got to be, you know, the next step up in that department as far as the Bears want to be successful. I think your overall point is a really good one that you're not always going to mentally have it, whether right. it's competence, me mental, whatever right. it is, but mechanics can always bring you back down to the ground level. Exactly. Like I feel like that's why you loved C.J. Stroud in this year's draft, it's, right? It's Everything replicated was, every time. Exactly. Every, the same Repeatable. thing every yep. time. Right, exactly right. So I just go, ooh, if this guy has a bad day, he's, you're not even going to know because he just he relies on doing all the other things right and lets the arm be the benefactor instead of the main factor, right? And, you know, hey, Anthony Richardson, he's got a little of that floppy arm. Arm gets in the air, and that's where you see the ball go all <laughs> over the, the place. short intermediate stuff. Exactly for right. Sure. So that's where it's got to be fixed. But, uh, again, I liked everything we saw from that video other than that elbow thing, and I'm not sure that'll ever get totally fixed with him. It might not. And that's where he's going to have to continue on that shoulder turn and creating opposites and doing everything that way. The next one is really interesting because yeah, this is a topic you, you don't see brought up very often, no. but you as a quarterback would, would be very familiar with this. On Giants, uh, second-round pick and new center, John Michael Schmitz. This is from Corey Joskowitz. Corey said, thoughts on the dead snap yeah. versus spiral item. Right. Uh, MDS wrote on John Michael Schmitz and Daniel Jones. Should coaches push for the change now or let them get settled in the offense? Is that up to coaches or DJ? Just for some context, yeah. lay of the land here. John Michael Schmitz at Minnesota, longtime starter, logged right. over 2,000 snaps. Yeah, our favorite center. Yeah, 100%. He used the dead snap. Right. 
the dead snap for the people at home is he just like basically grabs the ball and just shovels it back yeah, it's to like where a floater almost it's sometimes. a floater see look on the left that that's how a dead he just is basically throwing you a knuckleball yeah. back right and it's just flipping whatever way possible now the guy on the right uh that's him at the oh, senior that's him ball. there in yep. the senior yeah yep. right i was i saw 74 i was like yeah hey, yep. is that tipman that's who i thought i started to think of as the wisconsin kid at first but so there's your more traditional one to one, yes, you're going to snap that. And the shotgun here is what we're talking about mainly here. Now the ball is going to spin a little bit and spiral and be in a spot where it's easy for the quarterback to get the ball in his hands and adjust it real quick if I got to get the laces or hand it off. And what the other thing is with the dead ball where you don't like that, I mean, one, yeah, that's the number one thing is, you know, you like the quarterback to have a little bit of a, you know, consistent feel of the kind of ball you're going to get. A dead snap ball, one, yeah, there's going to be reorganizing in your hand more often. Two, a dead snap ball, two, you know, it, it, it's not going to float through the air the same way. It's not. You're going to get knuckle balls or it's going to be like, whoa, oh, oh, okay, I got it, right? So it's not going to be a smooth trajectory all the time. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And, you know, you, you're trying to limit the amount as far as you want the quarterback. Like getting the snap should almost be like secondary, Right, it yeah. should become so machine like. Think that about it. You right? can li- basically like you can watch it kind of come in your hands, but you're also kind of looking at like, wait, did the free safety come? Let me see the safeties. Did they rotate? What coverage am I getting? So it should be that seamless. Now you get knuckleballs thrown back at you. You know, all of a sudden, yeah, my eyes aren't on the free safety blitz or the strong safety and where he's rotating. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. And especially in this day of RPOs, right? Let me get the snap. Let me get the ball. I got to actually fake the ball in a handoff and try to throw it really it's quick or do happening. something like that. It's a lot happening, and I don't think that snap is going to be as consistent as our traditional snap. Do you think this is something they should have him work out of immediately? Because it sounds like in rookie minicamp it's it's not a focus. They're just like, hey, do your thing. Let's right. get settled here. But in training camp, and I guess a lot of this will depend on what Daniel Jones wants. Sure. Because right? I, I know don't Brian, think... right, it's not up to Brian Dable necessarily. It should be on Jones what he's comfortable definitely, with. Definitely. Definitely. But I, I, I don't think it. I think it'll be a no-brainer. I okay, think everybody's yeah. going to be like, Daniel Jones, like, yeah, I don't want the ball like that. Yeah. I don't. And then and what I would even throw into that, too, is like those dead ball days, I think a giant stadium on a windy day in November, that's just going to give it more surface area to hit the ball and move and do anything like that, too. But, yeah, I think that, no, they'll they'll – Daniel Jones is going to want it. Dayball's not going to want it for the reasons we talked about. And I think the other thing too, you know, is you know, get it going now. I'm just a believer in don't dip your toe in the water. Jump in. Let's just jump in and get going. Yep. So by the time training comes camp gets here, you're not even thinking about it in its second nature. And I don't think it's going to be a big adjustment for John Michael Schmitz when it's all said and done. It's probably better to mess up in May around the rookies than yeah. be messing up in Oop. August around the vets. Exactly right. Yeah. I would think they continue with that second grip we saw there from yep. the senior bowl, that they continue to push that. And, okay, yeah, we have a bad snap here and there. Okay, we deal with that now, and that's why we're in OTAs, like you said. Our next one is from TB Kitts, who said, could you explain the different lines of reasoning about raw players needing to sit versus play? Anthony Richardson versus Levis, for example. Why do people say AR should play while Levis should sit? And, Sims, I don't know if you actually have that exact thoughts, but right. that is common Yeah, common, common thought. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Levis has played a good amount. Right, he played a lot of good good amount of football here in a pro style offense. A pro style offense yeah. Right, to where Levis is more like his is almost like, hey, we'd we'd like him to refine a lot of things, and 
You know, yes, he understands these concepts, but we want him to work on, you know, mechanics. Oh, Richardson? Ca- I'm talking yeah. about Levis first. Oh, Levis, Levis first. first. Okay, yeah. yep. Right? He's, we know he's good. In the, I'm just trying to give the background on why that perception is out there, and I can understand yep. it. Yep. Right? Where Levis, it does – hey, I'm, I'm for play anybody. Again, I, I just yeah. want to make that clear. But I can understand why that is out there with Levis. He's been in, been in the pro offense. Hey, there's some mechanical things we got to work on. We know he's had, you know, um, you know, lots of reps. But, yeah, you know, this would be a good time for, okay, he understands, you know, how to read a defense and the plays. But now we can refine on, hey, stay here in the pocket. And, hey, let's throw this ball, this curl route the same way ten, ten times in a row. Let's not have two or three different release points or whatever else. You know, there's that where, you know, again, Richardson needs that too. Don't get me wrong, but I think he needs it more in the sense of he's got to get out there and play and see the field and rotation of safeties and learn and just to learn a little more that way. I'm always in favor, you know, uh, who was that? TB Kitts right there? TB Kitts, yeah. Yeah, TB Kitts. I'm always in favor of people playing, but I think with a guy like Richardson, why you're hearing that more is just that that's his number one detriment is that he hasn't played enough. And to sit on the bench for another year and not get reps again, to me, I would worry about that aspect where I go, hey, Levis has played a lot. Okay, let's let's let him sit back and learn from Tannehill so he can be a little more consistent and read field, read the field, and get a little better feel in the pocket and stuff like that. And we think he can grow that way. The situations are different. Uh, again, I'm all for playing, but – uh, I think that's probably where that that comes from, Connor. And maybe with Tennessee, he Levis is walking into an offense that already exists for Tannehill. Like we know what Tennessee is. Yeah, we're curious to see what Indianapolis is going to be under Steichen, and they just drafted a quarterback that they can build the offense. Start that now, like, all around. Him. Right, like, everything is tailored towards Anthony Richardson's I, I, game. I would, I would, yeah. I would think that, like Philly did with Jalen Hurts. That'd where be he comes more from. the yep. more reason for I'd go. Let's play yep. Anthony Richardson. What are we gonna, you know? teach everybody Gardner Minshew offense here and go down a road like so far you go hey we're pretty good in the Gardner Minshew offense now Anthony Richardson you start and we're going to start doing these plays right no I'm with you grow that you know all together there Shane Steichen Anthony Richardson I think that's why that draft pick you know made a lot of sense but you know again I'm one to let them play no matter what I really am uh, but I, I think Richardson, it is more imperative for him to get out there and get those reps than it is Levis right now. Do you think also Richardson's unique running sets a different floor for him? Where it's like you look at them, it's not a great division. The Colts have a good roster. Yeah. I mean, we know their problems over the last Definitely. couple of years. Defense not, is going to be good. Defense is going to be good. Yeah. Do you think Richardson, who I remember you saying like he could run more, and this is a dude that I think had over 700 rushing yards, that sets a floor for him where you're like, however bad you think it can get, that'll kind of keep him – you know, treading water I, I, at a that's, minimum. That's where I, I, right? I, I agreed. Yeah. You know, that's that's where it's it's different from him and Levis, too. Levis doesn't have that to rely on. No. Levis doesn't get the, wait, I'm going to get the defense out of these crazy coverages because they have to worry about me running the football with the quarterback power run here. And now they're playing cover three instead of, you know, cover three zone blitz, drop the will backer, blitz the strong safety and whatever else. There's going to be more, you know, involved in his mental game than maybe a guy like Anthony Richardson. And yes, because of that, the game will be simpler for Richardson. He'll see simpler looks and yeah they'll be able to play that like we talked about in you know before the draft and the fact of letting him develop and get better 
because of the run game and the simple looks he'll get on the defensive side of the ball allow him to grow slowly but surely in the drop back pass game. Staying with the Titans quarterbacks here, Nico Waco19 asked, how do you guys think the quarterback situation will evolve in Tennessee? Good to see you guys back together. Hey, it's I know good to we're see happy you about back that together. Too. That's right. This yeah. one is tricky, right? Because Tannehill was hurt last year. Right. Tannehill could still play. Yeah. Yes, he's on the expiring deal. Yeah. I want to know what you think, Chris. For me, I don't think there'll be urgency for Tennessee to just throw Levis out no there way. right away. There's just I'm too much you. respect for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and like you said, Ryan Tannehill's good. It's crazy how people forget I, this. It just, you know, again, he's not a superstar. I get that. But is he a guy that dances around the top 10 quarterbacks in football? Yes, he has been. You know, he took them to the AFC Championship game. They were the number one seed. I know he threw three interceptions in the game. I know. He's done a lot of damn good. You got to get there first. And I, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't think... To like to your point, I'm with you. I'd have, Vrabel's not the kind of guy that wants to deal with that. He does not right. want to deal with that. I think he was annoyed last year that they drafted Malik Willis because he had seemed, to deal with that. He seemed right. It. He didn't really hide right. it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't I play think a there poker was a lot face. of things where he was yeah. annoyed with you know the last few years in Tennessee and what the GM did there. So you know, I think as eventually how it will evolve. That yes, I do think Levis was drafted to be the replacement replacement for Ryan Tannehill. I get the sense that yeah, Malik Willis is. Not in the, I don't want to say in the doghouse, but they're not um, hopeful that he maybe can turn into what they want. I think that if he showed enough hope for them to think, hey, wait, when Tannehill's done this year, he can be the guy and run yeah. the offense we want, they wouldn't have drafted Will no Levis. Shot. They wouldn't even been thinking about it. They wouldn't have been in talks of maybe they trade up to pick number three to get the guy, right? So I think all those signs show you that there's no confidence in Malik Willis there right now, and he's going to have to earn that back you know, with, with the preseason and practice. And, and I think, you know, Tannehill, I think in my heart of hearts, I do think this is the last year. But if they go to the playoffs and win a game or get deep into the playoffs, I, do I think they're just going to go, oh, okay, Tannehill, you're out of here? Could I see them signing him up for another year or a two-year contract that they can get out of after a year, whatever? I certainly could see that. So I, I, I do think that uh, Levis is the guy in waiting but I don't think it's going to be a short leash like you're talking about with the Tannehill. If you're Ryan Tannehill and you're playing on an expiring, you got to be thinking, I have one more decent year here. I get the Derek Carr deal, or maybe not the length of the Derek Carr deal, but I'm going to get he's paid get, a lot of money. Get paid. He's going to get paid to be a starter Exactly, somewhere. which Definitely. is serious money. But it, exactly. How many quarterbacks just walk to the free agent market? I, I know. So it will be so. curious to see what version of him we get this year, yep. assuming I, I he can we'll, stay healthy. Well, yeah, health is the biggest thing. Of course. It is. So okay. at minimum, they have a, a backup in Levis now, too, if Tannehill gets banged sure. up again. All right, moving over to the 49ers here, Tony Rangini. What up, Rangini? Tony Rangini. Who is the steal hey, of Tony. the draft? And <laughs> tell me why it's D. Winters to San Francisco. Round six linebacker out of TCU. Yeah, right. I, You know, D. Winters, he's a San Francisco guy for 100%. sure as far as fitting that scheme. Run and chase. Run and chase. Yeah. One gap guy. You know, he's not going to be the guy you want to take on blocks and shed people off that way. No, it's more about... You know, speed, see the hole, shoot your gun, fly through it, make a tackle, create chaos, right? That's the 49ers. So that's where he fits. He's a smaller linebacker. I Would I wonder a little bit with like a guy like D. Winters too, all right? Yeah, he could play linebacker for them. And there's things about his game that, you know, he's not a natural ball hawk, right? I had a, when, I, when I saw this question, I had to look back at some of my notes and the breakdown. I, I did not love his just natural ball hawking skills. Of course, his size was a little bit of a detriment. And then out of like the other smaller linebackers, I, you know, 
I didn't think he was as good through the trash, right? When you're that small, you got to be able to avoid a blocker, weave oh, yeah. through it, and make a tackle. And I thought that's an area where he's got some growth. And here's what I'll ask you, Connor. You know, one of the things I wrote in my notes is like, I don't know if they make him a linebacker. I don't know if they make him Hufunga. They might make yeah. him like a in the box Cam Chancellor strong safety type. I think they could play with either one of those here through OTAs. That's where I would lean to. Yeah. I mean, you look at how they line up. They obviously got Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Yes. I, I lean more of your thought of that in the box chess piece defender. Right. I mean, at the college level, he was probably playing around. 220 to 225 yep. I know he weighed in at 227 he yeah. ran really really well but he's kind of that guy maybe on that like overhang or he's not playing in the middle of the field in my opinion for me definitely not you like the sideline to sideline kind of stuff exactly right he's down by the line of scrimmage with yeah you're there for tackling and he's got you know coverage ability within the realm of tight ends and running backs yeah. but that's a bit go take away the flats right. those running back dump passes exactly can, right yeah can you sit on the tight ends as well I yeah, honestly, but no free safety. That's not happening. I'm with no. you there. Honestly, Chris, most of the time when you see a linebacker that size, that speed taking around six, they want them to be special teams players. Sure. They can fly down the field on the kick coverage team, the punt coverage team. I mean, that's where they started to make their grounds. No doubt about it. So, it's, it's which right. is, that's fine. Around yeah. six. And find a spot for him, and then maybe he ends up being Hufunga's backup. Who knows? Or, or maybe he does find a spot at one of those linebacker positions. But, uh, hey, he fits the, the overall – mantra of what the 49ers are on defense fast just go don't think about it you know and create chaos and we'll see if they can get the most out of him staying with the Niners Fergus OB4 asked does Sam Darnold start instead of Trey Lance if Brock Purdy is unavailable at the start of the regular season yes almost feels like a layup yeah I feel like it's for sure well one I know you know, again, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Shanahan has great respect for, respect for Sam Darnold. Like, Shanahan has always had his eye on Sam they Darnold. They tried to trade for him. I know. Yeah. Right. So uh, he's always close been on their radar. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, I know myself, you know, knowing Kyle, he's, he's probably looks at it and goes, wait, this guy's been in some messed up situations. This guy's got some skill. I can make this work, you know. I just got to teach him some things. He's got to get some success, a little confidence back. He's been in some fucked up situations. That's true. I mean, as tough as it gets for quarterbacks in the NFL, for a young quarterback especially. Yeah, but, you know, again, yeah, Sam Darnold, out of that group we just talked about, those three guys, he's going to be the most consistent best thrower of all of them. He is. He's going to have as far as like, you know, ooh, the impressive 20-yard out routes. He's going to, you know, he's going to win that battle. Now, can he slide in the pocket and, you know, get his body in the right position and just be a natural play in the position and still hit the 20-yard outlet like Brock Purdy could? Or go, oh, wait, I slid in the pocket and now that corner closed the gap a little bit. I shouldn't throw it. You know, old Sam Darnold might throw it, yeah. throw an interception. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things Shanahan has to get out of him. That's where he's not as good as Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has great feel for the game. He's a natural at the position. But, yes, Fergus, OB, four. I do think that Sam Darnold would be the starter. I, you know, again, I don't know that, but just from what I've seen from Trey Lance, what I think of Sam Darnold, yeah, I think he'd beat Trey Lance out in the training camp. Darnold on a one-year deal up to four point five million. So, I mean, that's that's bargain if they get anything but out of him. Bargain it's, if they get nothing. anything, and I mean, again, I don't think it's any, you know, secret. We know the 49ers have flirted with trying to trade Trey Lance. I think that says a lot to you, right? Just you know, right there in that statement. The last one on the Niners from 49ers underscore 701. Kyle Shanahan's a mastermind, but why is it that people only mention how he makes things easier for the quarterback, which is true, 
but don't uh, don't the same. They don't say the same for yes. the wide receivers who are schemed wide open. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, it's I pretty fair. I agree. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Debo Samuel catch and run. Well, here, like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He well, he you know, yes, he he gets guys that he knows. Like I'm going to get him open. So when he gets open, can he snatch the ball out of the air and now run like his fucking hairs on fire yeah, and make Debo. things happen. Kittle. And that that's what he does, yep. right? So yes, he's a schemer. And again, that's why, you know, sometimes you've heard me maybe not give credit to Brock Purdy and maybe some of the receivers at times because of that. You know, I just think of like think of the Seattle game, the Seahawks, the playoff game. I mean, Shanahan designed plays where it was play action and Brock Purdy was over the left tackle and he had a guy on the receiver on the left side, whether it was Ayuk or Debo Samuel, running an in-cut across the field and Brock Purdy was hitting it five, six times where there's like nobody in the screen on 20-yard crossing routes, right? And it's not even a crossing route, it's an in-cut where they realize, wait, if we get things flowing this way, they don't cover as the guy comes out the back door and they kept hitting that. And it's like, you know... The next day, it's like, oh, Brock Purdy's amazing. Debo Samuel's amazing. And I'm like, I'm always the guy that's like, wait, these people were wide open. And then they're like, oh, you hate Brock Purdy. And I'm, but that's where Shanahan's a master. Yes, he puts his guys in spots to succeed. And hopefully they can take advantage of that after that. And that's what he's always looking for at the receiver position. Why do teams have so much trouble adjusting to that? Because everybody's like, oh, he makes it simple for the quarterback. He makes it simple for the wide receiver. People are wide open. But you sit there and look at some of the brightest minds in football as defensive coordinators, and they get taken to school by him, it feels like, every year. It's not Kyle Shannon's been in the league for two years. This has been a long track record. He knows how to... Is it exploiting the weakness? Exploiting the weakness of a defense. He knows it as well as the defensive coordinators. He knows how to, he knows how to, you know, one through studies get you in defenses where he goes, oh, I know what you're going to be in now. I I lined up in this and I motioned here and I know through all my studies that you adjust to this. When we motion the receiver back over here, you always go to cover three. So now he's got a cover three play dialed up. You know, he's amazing that. And then his sequencing of play calling, he sets it up. You know, he gets guys on the team thinking like like the play I was just explaining. Oh, they've run the ball to the left guard. They've run the ball to the left guard. They've run the ball yeah, to the left guard. So now we're all yeah, flowing yeah. that way. And they fake that and they drop. And all of a sudden now the guy's going out the other side and they're like, oh, man, we were worried about McCaffrey over the left guard, coach. Yeah, well, Shanahan screwed you. He kept dangling it out there, you know, for that. And I think that's really where he's a master. He knows where you're going to go to once he starts to beat you to death in certain areas. And then he plays off of that as well. I've always heard the the hardest part about being an offensive coordinator is the adjustment to play calling in the flow of the game. Like yeah. I was always told, like anybody could script the first 12 sure. to 15 plays, right. but how you call it, especially if you're not up in the booth, is so difficult. Right. You get and, injuries, and he's a you that. get different adjust you get the yeah. other team gets an injury or they just come out with a different game plan, right? That's where, you know, really good coordinators, the Sean Paytons, the Shanahan's, the Andy Reeds, they can adjust seamlessly and like you don't even realize it where you go, I don't or I don't even realize it. I'll be watching the game again the next day, go, Oh man, this team did this, this, and this. I didn't realize this early in the game. Man, and the Chiefs or Shanahan, they did a great job of adjusting and changing things on the fly, and that's why those guys are special. Around any corner. Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win. 
defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Our next one is from Kako Rosales, who said, now that the draft is over and nothing changed, do you see D-Hop staying in Arizona? Does it make sense for him? Well, I don't know if it makes sense for him. No, it doesn't. He wants probably to leave. I, you know, What I do you th- think it is right now? Is it the money? I think it's money and he's the overall looking of, wait, the quarterback's not going to be healthy to start the year. And... We're kind of in a rebuild mode, and I'm getting towards the end of my career, and I don't want to be a part of that, right? Which I understand. I totally get it. And then, of course, yeah, he's on, the, he's at a at a point, and he's at a status where he's looking at it and going, "Wait, there's guys at receiver that are making eight, nine, ten million dollars more a year than me right now. Are they really that much better, right?" So I think those are all things that are kind of playing into this DeAndre Hopkins situation. But ultimately, I mean, I don't know how you feel. I don't think he's going anywhere. Because I think the the age, injuries, PEDs over the last two years, okay? And then, wait, we trade for him. We're paying him a lot of money. He has a good first 10 games, and now he wants a new contract, mm, and we got to yeah. pay him $25 million a year. And we just traded to get him and all that. I just think there's too many moving parts there with DeAndre Hopkins. That's why I think he ends up staying this last year in Arizona. There really is. One interesting thing I noticed on him is right now, like if Arizona traded him before June 1st. It's a lot of money, right? They'd be on the hook for over $21 million in dead money. Right. If they did it after June 1st, it's about 10.5. Yep, right. So the savings are significantly different. You're talking about about $9 million in savings compared to 19.5. Yeah. So if they are going to do this, it – really benefits them to wait a couple more weeks. Definitely, But I'm with you, Sims, that the problem with everybody loving the post-June 1st acquisitions or moves or waiting, a lot of teams made their moves. They already set up for the most it. part. Right. They, made the, they drafted their guys. Yes. They paid money in free right. agency. They're doing extensions. There's just not a lot of wiggle room out there when we get to June anymore. No. It, it's one of these now where him it, it, where it can maybe come back into play as you get into – Okay, teams are doing OTAs last week, this week. Here we go. We're getting going here. Where you get to June, teams now they've had maybe six, nine OTA practices, and maybe there's that team out there that goes, "We have, we have, we're not good enough a receiver. Like we have a problem. We need, yeah. we need somebody else, right?" I can see and that's that. where he's got to hope that that problem arises for somebody to 
you know, maybe they start to flirt with, hey, let's call Arizona again and see if we can't work something out for DeAndre Hopkins. But I, I think that's the only scenario. But I, in my heart of hearts, I battle my original answer and what you're saying. I think he's going to be there because of the things we said. It just feels like it probably would have gotten done or there would have been more chatter exactly. on it. Yeah. Right, right. So, okay, this one from uh, Mehmet underscore 305. What team who didn't make the postseason last year, has the best shot of making it this year with the draft and free agency acquisitions they made. Well, Detroit's the first one that pops to my head, like, easily, right? They should, they're the runaway favorite in that division uh, now. I, I think so. And, again, you know, I know people talk about the draft and all that, and I know I hit, I hit on it last week, but, you know, okay, yeah, they overdrafted a few guys. So what? Those are the guys they wanted that made their team better. Those needs that we talked about that needed to be filled are filled so why do people know, oh, that's bad? Because you drafted the superstar running back 10 <laughs> spots before I thought he should be. Okay, okay. So they got what they wanted there. So that, that's the easy one I think I look at. There's some interesting ones this year. I mean, how could you not look at the Jets in that conversation? Yeah. I mean, the Jets they are. Aaron Rodgers now. Right. It's a little different. And they're loaded as is. Yep. I mean, they're loaded. So those are two right away. Um, but let me throw a few others. Watch out for Atlanta. That's the one that intrigues me. Yeah, Atlanta and New Orleans. I'd sit there and go, there's just more talent on those two teams than people realize, and there's more size up front. They're not gonna, Those two teams, I sit there and just go, there's not going to be too many teams that are going to be able to overpower them, or if there's going to be any team. They're going to be able to hand. There's a reason team like you know the Falcons beat the 49ers last year, right? They, they, nobody is just going to overpower them up front. So those are two other ones that, that certainly jump out to me. You look at the Falcons. Number one, the division's not very good. Exactly. Right now. It's, like, right, it's there to be had. You expect the Bucks right. to take a step back. You bring up the Saints. That'll be really heated competition. And right. the Panthers are in a transition phase. Yes, as much right. as they could surprise people, depending right. where Bryce is at. Derek Carr is the only one that's a guy where you go, wait, this is a guy that I've seen do this and can do it. Yes. So he's the quarterback of the Saints. Everybody else, I love Atlanta. But, yeah, we got I, Desmond Ritter, i got to see a little see bit it. more. Yep. You know, to, to But but they'd certainly have a lot of the pieces to, to make that type of run. And the other team I'm, I'm going to throw out there, too, is, I mean, Green Bay. Green Bay's roster is still damn good. It is on both sides of the ball. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they – I don't think they're going to fall off a whole lot. I wouldn't be shocked if they're right back in the thick of things there, at least in the NFC playoff picture. Yeah, it'll depend on where Jordan Love is at, which is just this ultimate exactly. wild card. We've seen the flashes, right. but we just we just don't know. Um, okay, the contender Achilles Man, heels question. There really yeah, is. Yeah. This is at underscore JJ John. He said, we're the biggest position group gaps on genuine contenders. For him, it's the Bills' cornerback and wide receiver group, or Dallas's running backs. Ooh, okay, yeah. I, I mean, listen, I'm I'm with you in that Bills conversation. All right, uh, there's got to. I, I would like more talent on both sides there, as far as corner and wide receiver. I mean, nobody is as banging the drum more than me on the Bills and difference makers at that. Now, here's the one thing I'll say with the Bills, you know. Um, First round pick from Florida last year. He'll be better. Kyrie Elam. Yeah, yep. Elam. Right. Then the Bedford uh, or uh, the kid from Villanova. Six, yes. Who right? uh, who did who got hurt pretty well last he year? Started. Christian Benford. Benford. Yep. Right. Benford started over Elam, so he'll be back in the fold. Tre'Davious White's going to be better and healthier. Right. He was not himself last he didn't year. Look right. No, he was missing a gear. So you know, those are the things that are positive there. Now, you know. Other teams, and, and again, I'm just seeing this question live and in color right now as we go here. 
Chargers interior D line. You talk about a team contender. That's a spot where you know I know they made some adjustments there this year and uh, signed some people and trying to get bigger in that area. But that's one area where I go, hey, that's a contender, a team that hey they got Kendricks in the middle to help them out, and they got uh, what Morgan Fox, right? Yep, those are the two guys there. And I feel like I'm missing somebody else that they got too as well. They uh, drafted a couple later round guys yeah, for the right. interior and Scott Matlock from Boise State and Gerard Clark from Coastal Carolina, but. I mean, once again, you're not expecting instant contributions from those guys. No, no. So that that was another one. Um, let me just see here, too, if there's anybody else that jumps out to me as far as contenders. What about the 49ers corners? Ooh, it, it's, it's definitely a spot of weakness for their football team. I don't – I it's it's a weakness. I don't know if, like – they want to be better at it, knowing Shanahan and these conversations I've had with them through the years. I think he values, I'm going to have a great pass rush, and I can't have great corners to go along with it, too. I can't pay everybody. So that's the area he looks at to kind of go, okay, I'm going to cheat in this area and not spend a lot of money. I think that's one for sure. Um, you know, Dallas running back thing is, is, is certainly real there. If Tony Pollard's not healthy altogether, right? Who else? Are we missing anybody else here that jumps out to you guys that I'm missing here? A lot of combo around two, two of these position groups going into the draft. The Bengals at tight end yeah. and the Jets offensive line. Yeah, okay. And the, the Bengals. The thing is with the Bengals, like, do they, is it a luxury to them? It, it is a little bit. I agree. I mean, they got Irv Smith where I think they think uh, there's some potential there, right? And then, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of talk there, but, uh, you know, it's, it's I'm always, yeah, like – is he just is he supposed to just have an all-star team? Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> what do you he's want got the best them? three yeah. group, best three receivers in football right there. You know, they got a pretty damn good running back crew there as well now. So, yeah, that's one area they've cheated on. I'm I'm trying to, you know, Seattle's O-line, that's hopefully going to be improved here this year. That's one that jumps out to me. Um, you know, the Giants as far as a contending team and their corner play, right? You know that that's something that has been in question. I think they addressed that pretty well in free agency and, and of course in the draft in the first round. Um, and wide receiver for the Giants. And so, wide I mean, receiver you had for Waller sure. into the mix. Jalen Hyatt. Sure. It's a different looking group. At yeah, least. That, that, that's a good. I mean, it's a good question. I hope I hit on some of them. There's probably one where I need to think about it a little bit more, and I probably could have came up with other ones, but. Uh, very good question. Let's try to find one for the John. Chiefs before we close out. Yeah, because I mean they are obviously the reigning champs. I mean, they lost Juju, but it sounds like they have high expecta- expectations for Kadarius Tony and Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I mean, I, they find a way. I don't, I don't. I man, mean, they still have MVS. They got plenty of receivers. I know. I'm not worried about that. Big changes at tackle. Yep. I mean, they're gonna have. Do- do- they bring in Donovan Smith. Yep. Um, they Juwan obviously Taylor. signed Jawan Taylor. Right. So yeah. they did move on from Frank Clark. And right. I, he's still out there. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't know. rule it out entirely. That. The thing is with the Chiefs, like you can nitpick their roster every year, and then we go, oh, it didn't really matter. That I, I don't much. look at anything yeah. to go glaring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the O line thing is, I mean, that's Andy Reid's cup of tea right there. Yeah, they lost Wiley, but they got Jawan Taylor. They still got a lot of other good offensive linemen there. You know, so I think they look at it with Lucas Niang, who I think there's still a lot of uh, positive vibes for there. So they got they got options. I don't, you know. 
D-line is maybe the one thing. Yeah, you can look at that. But again, with, with their drafts, they got Karlaftis last year. He's going to be better. They signed Omanyehu. I, you know, I don't yeah. know if I look at it. Those young corners they got, they're only going to get better. So I don't really look at too many things you know, that are an issue with, with the Chiefs altogether. And they, I mean, Chris Jones is still a dominant force in the middle that can make up for so much of that. Definitely. Our next question is from Duel underscore 75. How did the grades for this year's top 10 compare to the last five years? The first round seemed boring and had few exciting players compared to recent years. Well, okay. And boring? <laughs> boring? That was the most fun draft it ever. It was a lot of fun. What were you doing? You didn't watch me and Ahmed in the barn? You didn't watch me and the little tipsy with the little <laughs> smoky? I mean, what are you doing? That wasn't boring. Um, he clearly watched the uh, the generic uh, they must have. network that coverage. Those boring ESPN yeah, NFL yeah. network guys. How dare they? Um, I, I mean, again, I think that he's probably talking about the top end talent, right? And just that they're sure. You know, I don't think Jalen Carter got hyped as much because people were scared to because of the off the field stuff. Yeah. So I think people there. I think some of the networks were scared to go all in and show everybody how awesome he was and like go over the top with praise. Because what I, I mean, again, I think you're in agreement. He's the best deep tackle I've ever evaluated ever 100%. since I came in. So 100%. That, that's hard to say. You know, Devin Witherspoon, I, I mean, you know, again, I, I, I like Devin Witherspoon more than I like Sauce Gardner or, or the kid out of Louisiana who got tra- drafted by the Texans oh, last Stingley. year. Stingley. Yeah. So there were some big time guys there. You know, I Witherspoon ranked higher than both. Uh, I mean, so I don't think people realize how special as Witherspoon is. Yeah, right. I mean, he's special in every area. I think Tyree Wilson's special, right? Damn, Bijan Robinson's special. So I'm challenging your overall thought of the boring there. But I think overall, listen, I don't know if it's like, I think the top end guys had high grades just like all years. To me, it was the next group of guys that was different. I agree. Right. That's where it is, and that's where the draft was interesting. I think there was everybody looked at. There's like a premium of like 15 or 20 guys that everyone looked at. Like these are you know top end players, first round picks. These guys, ooh, at the end of the first, in a lot of years, I think we're probably second round picks and things like that. But it was a year that wasn't deep, and it was a little bit more about ooh, I had this specific need and let me get it. And I think that's where the drop off was, in my opinion. I, I think so too. I mean, yeah. you look at it; it feels like after twelve, which was Jameer Gibbs, who we both loved. Yeah, it, it got kind of you know flat in the sense that these guys could be good players, but nobody's hyping them up as stars. Lucas Van Ness, Broderick Jones, yeah. Will McDonald, like good players, right? But it was a different tier from Carter, from Skaronsky. From Gibbs and Bijan, you know, and, and I think some yeah. of those guys didn't have big school names behind them too, so they don't have the hype there, right? That's a good point. Even like a Tyree Wilson, people are like, oh, defense end from Texas Tech, and I want to go, no, fucking Miles Garrett, okay, that's who right. you got coming out here. But it's not like an Alabama or a Georgia, so the hype's not around. Not everybody knows how awesome he is. And then again, he's you know our guy here more than likely is watching Will Anderson highlights, going, this doesn't look as good. As most years, and I know I'm having fun. Uh, well, yeah, I think he was overdrafted, but uh, I will push back against that part. I do. I think the top of the draft there was was pretty damn talented. It's just that, yes, as we went farther down, it became a little less impressive. I still had 23 first round grades in this class. I always tell people like media grades are different than what the league is doing. Yeah, the sure. league is they hate every single player. It's it's not <laughs> yeah. in the, what we're in the business of doing. I still thought it was a solid draft. I saw 23 players where I'm like, these guys can make a difference for a team. Sure. And, and I think that, you know, some of the boring, dra- boring draft uh, narrative might have just been, like you said, Chris, about the coverage of you had certain 
coverage stay away from the Jalen Carters of the world who in right. any other draft we would talk about like this is the biggest difference maker we've seen in years yes. and things along the line yeah, of that. and some of the stars had injury issues That's so then they true. didn't get allowed to get pub because the tv people knew wait they're gonna fall a little bit because people are worried about their injury concern so they didn't get to you know blow these people up in the two weeks prior to the draft to say hey this is number three pick the number four pick blah 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 because everyone nolan smith yeah everybody loved him but he didn't get the hype he deserved because everyone's oh well, there's injury concern he might fall so i don't want to sound like i love him too much and then he falls to 30 and i look wrong when no he was a top 10 pick top 15 pick for sure there were just some some, some concerns there so uh there was a lot that went into this draft i think is what we're saying here tripod 2x has a question on the raiders would you say the raiders are better or worse with swapping Derek Carr for Jimmy Garoppolo and Darren Waller for Michael Mayer, considering what McDaniels wants to do. Yeah. I, well, I think long-term as far as the tight end position, I, I think, yes, the Darren Waller, knowing that group out there between age. And like I said at the time, between age and injury, they they'd rather get rid of you a year earlier than be stuck with you next year and go damn we can't get anything for him because he hurt his knee again and now nobody wants him right so that's what that's what they're they're they played that angle I think they're going to be happier with with Jimmy Garoppolo you know one I think there's a prior relationship there's a there's something they liked about Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting him anyways and I think he's got a little bit more of a mentality of what they want at the quarterback position stand in there you know, pull the trigger into a tight window, let it loose there. Where Carr might have been a little careful for them in that department. And I think that's probably, let alone Carr just had a bad year. He didn't have his best year, you know. We saw Carr miss a lot of plays and throws towards the end of the season where he went, man, he's made those plays in other years. You know, but whether it's the Steelers game, the Rams game at the end of the year, there were so many plays where you're like, man, Derek Carr missed that throw, missed, made that interception? How? Why? Right? Uh, so I, I do think it's going to be, a positive for them and I think Mayer with his blocking ability really probably couples better with their offense altogether than Waller does in that department I would agree yeah. and the fact that you have Josh Jacobs coming back yeah you can lean on the run game for right. this team I mean we know the kind of threat Devontae Adams is it, it just feels like that it was a really tough start for McDaniels there last year yeah. but as much as depends on Jimmy staying healthy which is always that big if yeah as crazy it is to say it does feel like the offense will function better with Jimmy which is I, a lot of people think that's bold, but I really don't. I, I don't either. I'm well, not saying Jimmy's better than Carr. No. I just think the offense functions better right. with Jimmy. Jimmy's got a base in this offense already. He's played in it. For Carr, it was a total 180 from anything he had ever been to, right? If anybody listened to my podcast early on in the, the, the preseason and stuff, I mean, I was joking about that. I had a joke with Derek Carr in the Hall of Fame game. I was like, what about this offense? I did something similar than what he did. I went John Gruden to Josh McDaniels, just like he did. And I was like, what the fuck is this play? <laughs> huh? I don't even know what you're saying right now. So, Let me, Not to interrupt yeah, you, but yeah. I, like as somebody listening at home, this is something I would want to know. Is it the verbiage? Is it what you're trying to do? Is it just getting the plays to the guys? Like, what is the transition where you're like, this is just totally different in a, yeah. in a big hall? Especially if you don't have a lot of time. It's the verbiage. It's the yeah. rules. It's the little coaching points that, to me, McDaniels, is he thrives in. And it's just all of that. So it's a lot to digest. And there's got to be a little bit of a period of like, hey, you know, let's be patient. It's the New England way. Let's let this kind of work itself out here. And again, even though they went 6-11 and 11 in a bad start last year, I, you you know you you got to go back and go. They blew a 17 point lead to the Jaguars. They should have beat the Rams. They should have beat the Steelers. I mean, there's a number of games you can go through and go. They should have won that game. And knowing that group out there, 
right? Again, this is where my dad's from, this school of coaching and all that. They're going to blame the quarterback when you don't win those games. <laughs> I, knowing that group, definitely. I mean, this is the group that like, oh, we lost the Super Bowl because Tom Brady didn't play good enough. They don't give a shit who you are, yeah. right? That's how they talk, right? We didn't, get, we didn't go to the D- NFC Championship game in 89 with the Giants because Phil fucking didn't play well in the divisional playoff game. He sucked in the divisional playoff. That's how they talk. So that's I guarantee that. And then as I tried to break it down too, I just know being in, in New England and how they think too of like Wallers, last, you know, oh, injury history, right? Um, uh, Jacoby Myers becomes available. I think for maybe a price tag that was a little lower than they were expecting, sure. right? And I think they looked at that and went, wait, there's a good tight end class. So, wait, we can get a guy for four years, another receiver for three years, and there's wait, a tight end that's super talented, but, ooh, there's a lot of iffy things here, and it's just a coin flip of whether it works out. That group right there went, uh, we'll go the Jacoby Myers safer bet. And that, that, that's the way they think in New England or Las Vegas now. It's a tough division, but I like the way the Raiders are looking. I, I mean, I'm too. not going to set absurd expectations when you got to deal with the Chiefs, obviously the Chargers, the Bron- a little bit of a renewed Broncos. Yeah, they're going to have a new energy. In a vacuum, I like what the Raiders have done. I agree. Especially the draft. Agree. Love the draft. I'm, I, I'm with you there. We got a little, uh, a couple questions hinting at 2024 NFL draft. Oh, we'll keep this one a little surface level. But Stephen Infamous asked, "Are there any prospects from next year's draft class that stood out as you were studying the yes. prospects from this year's draft class?" Oh well, I mean, again, the, the, the I, I'm very high on the two quarterbacks from USC and the Washington they, kid. Yeah, they look. Oh, Penix is I'm, a stud. I'm to me, those are the two best. I, I've seen the kid in North Carolina. I know he can play the position. He's a good player. His physical ability does not jump out to me like those two. I mean, Caleb Williams is as close as you're going to see to being like a slick Patrick Mahomes college football player. And Pinnock is like – I was saying it right? Pinnock? Penix. 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 Yep. Penix is – I mean, watching Gonzalez up in Oregon, you know, watching uh, some other Pac-10 guys and seeing him throw the football. Yeah, those are two guys to me that – I think they would have been the top two quarterbacks maybe in this year's draft if they came out. That's just my thought. But I'm definitely in love with their talent. I was mind-blown watching Penix and couldn't believe that – I mean, he didn't declare this year because I think he didn't get the feedback he was hoping for, which I think the NFL screwed that up, personally. I, I, I think they missed on him. I think they looked at all the injuries from Indiana, made him a complete afterthought. He transfers from, to Washington. Yeah, so you think he got a bad I feedback. Think, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I think that he had to go back. I was shocked. Because if you put him in this draft, I thought he was a first-rounder. I Definitely. really did. And he didn't get that. As far as I heard, he didn't get that feedback. Oof. And that's insane to me yeah you know he transferred from indiana right he's had a lot of injuries so he had the injury so you know maybe that was part of it talent uh, i'm with you chris i'm excited for him. ball explodes out of his hands perfect spirals has great control of it and he's a big strong guy too it looks like too so uh yeah i think those you know mainly i'm trying to think if there was anybody else uh that jumped out like d you know dbs receivers that i kind of peeped but i can't say anybody does off the top of my head one will be from watching the illinois defense we yeah. watched the back end you right. had witherspoon uh Jertavius martin and Sidney brown all in the secondary yeah they have a defensive tackle up front his last name is newton right i don't want to butcher his first name i think it's jerjan right but last name's newton He'll be a stud a, defensive lineman. It's crazy the defense they have. Yeah, it, it really is. It's just insane. So there, there's exciting talent yeah. already for next year. Of course, this kind of leads me to the next question from Wes Kruger. He said, should teams tank for Caleb? And uh, we have in the note here, Caleb Williams is minus 550 as the favorite to go first overall next year. Well, I, he's certainly going to be the guy. I think, you know, a lot of 
teams that are in the quarterback market are going to have their eye on. It's tough to tank, right? though. It's tough. It's the NFL. It's tough yeah. to tank. Nobody's really pulled it off the way they thought they no, could. No, it's it's hard. And again, you know, just think guys about win. just think about the Houston Texans. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. At the end of the game, Davis Mills and they want to score and win the fucking game, even yep. though they're playing backups and they don't, you know, maybe putting their best foot forward. You can't tell the guys in the field that they're still professionals. The coach is still going. Oh well, what do I give a shit about? They're probably yeah. going to fire me, and somebody else going to get the pick anyway. Middle finger of the century from right, Lovey Smith, right? So All they timer. just kept playing. So it is. It's extremely, extremely hard. But you know, within the spirit of that question, uh, he is definitely going to be on on teams' minds there, as far as when he came down the the stretch of the season and who's ever you know towards the bottom of the list of the draft order there they're going to be thinking about Caleb Williams it feels like he's poised to be that Trevor Lawrence where we're sitting here all summer we expect him to go number one yeah and it's going to be hard for him to not go number one overall even with the Drake Mays Marvin Harrison Jr. yeah who I mean we could have like a Jamar Chase level wide receiver prospect in him definitely it's, yeah, that'd be another guy oh that my, certainly jumps just out. Right? Ridiculous. I mean, yes, he's a man amongst Because you watched a lot of Stroud, obviously. Right. And most of the time, the guy catching the ball was well, Marvin yeah, Harrison. Well, yeah, between him or just you know anybody, the guys on Michigan, a defense, or, you know, whatever. You saw you saw Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, a lot. But, yeah, and what's cool, the Pac-10 with those two quarterbacks there, you know, I don't know. Can USC and Washington play in the Pac-10 title game? That could be kind of cool. Would, that would be cool. Yeah. And you have, you still have Bo Nix at Oregon. Right. Where it's Bo, like, I like Bo Nix. It's kind of like a very relative quarterback conference Bo for the draft. Bo Nix is another guy that I, I would say oh, through the process I looked at and went, man, athlete, size, and has an experience has a powerful arm yeah a little bit of a playmaker he is it's 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 a little different than your he definitely i didn't like him at auburn i thought i when i watched him oregon i was like i'll throw my hands up and be like he's he's got a lot better he definitely did gotten a lot better mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 percent with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This one on the Seahawks secondary from Sean uh, Bodhain. He said, on paper, how does the Seahawks secondary compare to some of the best DB rooms in the last 10 years? The only thing that I can that can hold back this group is health. That's a big if. Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams, Julian Love, Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Mike Jackson Sr., and Kobe Bryant. That yeah. is stacked. It's stacked. It is. You know, I mean, let's, let's think. I mean, 
top secondaries over the last 10 and 15 years. I mean, you're talking about some Patriot secondaries that were special there with For Gilmore sure. and even Aqib Tlaib. Gosh, you go back to the Broncos secondaries, right? Super Bowl champ. No, the, not the right? no-fly zone, Aqib I think. Tlaib, was, yeah. Chris Harris Jr., yeah. right? TJ Ward. Man, the, the you know, again, the Legion of Boom, of course, is in that conversation. Of course. So am I going to throw those this team into that category yet? No, not yet. I'm not. But there's a, like a lot to like. There's potential to be that. And that attitude's there to be that kind of secondary where it's like, hey, fuck you. You come over the middle, we're going to you know, knock you out. And or you're not even going to catch the ball anyways because we're going to be all over you like glue. They're, they got all of that to go. So I'm excited for the Seahawks defense. I really am. And I don't, you know, you got Woolen who can be an island cover the T Higgins of the world. You got a guy in Witherspoon that can be on an island against anything, you know, not other than I just other than big receivers, you can match him up with anybody, I feel like. Even to say that, he's still going to be, you know, feisty in that. Uh, they got a lot of versatility, let alone like guys who are kamikaze that I like. So, I'm not going to put it in a top tier of anything over the last 10 or 15 years, but I think pure physical ability Adams digs with a rocket up his ass and you know the rest of those corners and Woolen and Witherspoon and damn Mike Jackson's a player yep like and and so is Jordan Love I mean uh, Julian that was a sneaky signing sneaky like yeah free safety nickel can do a little bit of everything there I mean it definitely has a chance to be one of the top secondaries in football I had to look up the no fly zone because I knew I forgot you forgot a couple names keep to leave you were yeah, on it Chris right. Harris Jr. you were on that yeah. TJ Ward Darian Stewart Bradley Roby oh Bradley Roby was on that too right yeah, I think damn. he was there Nickel, Damn, which is I think you're absurd. right. That is absurd. That's your yeah, swimming that talent. Was, was special. That really was. I don't know. Are we missing any other top tier secondaries? You know, think. of course the Rams one was pretty damn it good. It was pretty good, right? Um, but uh, yeah, that's 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 probably I think the the end of the special ones right there. I would I would think so too. Uh, corner duo comes to mind. Revis and Cromartie were good together, yeah, but they special. never had the safeties behind them yeah. necessarily. You no, know, you're but right. They the won two corners. It didn't get better than that. No, for a you're while. right. That was a really special group there. This one from Trinsanity fifty one. I know you're not in love with passer rating, QBR, and most quarterback grading systems. What are some quarterback stats that you use in your analysis? I ask this realizing that the tape trumps all. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, again, I try to take all of that into account. There is some value with all of that. Uh, you know, my, my big thing is when I watch tape or anything, one, just, hey, is the ball is he going to the right place with the ball, right? You know, if there's a guy open, does he have control of the football to put the ball where he wants, right? You know, now then it goes into like, okay, wait, can we go above and beyond? Hey, there's nothing there. Or, ooh, man, everybody's pretty covered, like pretty well. You're going to have to make a really high-level throw here to get it in, right? I'm going to give more value into some stuff like that. That's where I love C.J. Stroud, right? Oh, nobody's open. Ooh, he could buy some time, set up. Oh, now somebody is open, right? That's where I'm big into it. And then my biggest thing, too, and this is where QBRs and everything, and Pete, you know, this is one of Pete's favorite things about me, but this is where – is – What's there to be had? See, so many of the grading systems go, ooh, positive grade. He got a five-yard completion right there. And I watch the game back and go, there's a guy open down the middle for a 30-yard touchdown. 
but we're going to give them a positive grade for hitting the five-yard underneath completion. Oh, great. We're in third and five, even though we just had seven points down the middle. That's, I don't give that a positive grade. I'm with you. You know, or, you know, the opposite end of that spectrum or whatever there. So that's where, you know, the analytics can be a little different. Oh, he didn't throw an interception all game. Okay, great. But he didn't take one chance or make a play for his team. He did nothing. Oh, this guy threw an interception in the game? Okay, yeah. So he threw an interception, but he made 12 other throws that fucking changed or dictated the pace of the game. And that's why that team won. You know, so that's where I try to go above and beyond the statistical outlook all the time. I like that, Sims. I think a lot of, and you kind of pointed this out, a lot of quarterback metrics favor guys that play safe. Too conservative. And that's where I've been, you, you know, I, I know you don't, I'm not trying to, you don't listen to me all the time, but I, I, I know you listen every now and then. Absolutely. And I, I've been trying to say to people like, you know, like the day and age of, 10 years ago where Drew Brees throw for 72%, have a quarterback rating of 120, and, you know, I only threw five interceptions of the year. Like, to me, that style of football is kind of gone. It's like it, look at the it, draft. The draft is telling exactly. you that. Exactly. Look at the teams. You know, look at the teams again who have been successful the last few years. You know, one, like, I, like two years ago, as I've told people, you know who led the inter league in interceptions? Matthew Stafford two years ago. Won the Super Bowl, right? That In that year, right, alone, he led the league in interceptions. Josh Allen, where they went they, – they, he was up there in interceptions. Joe Burrow was up there in the top six in interceptions. Mahomes was number nine with interceptions, right? You know, Brady was up there with interceptions that year. So – you know, that's where, again, I think the game is going and a little different than maybe the past. And, yes, that's where they mess up. It's hard up. to quantify. It's hard to quantify some of that. And, you know, let me just look at last year. Let's just, like, because sure. that was two years ago, right? So you I got, know Allen was up there. Allen was up there. Kirk Cousins is up there, right? Dak Prescott is up there. So J Prescott, Kirk Cousins, and Josh Allen are all in the top three, all in the playoffs, all with, like, big-time thriving offense. Mahomes is seven. Right, Burrow was seven. So Geno Smith, the amazing year, was tenth with interceptions. I think that speaks to it again. You gotta, you get, you, you, you want to be an explosive, scary offense. You're gonna be aggressive and you're gonna take some chances. And when that, yeah, you're gonna turn the ball over a little bit. But I think they're numbers you can live with when you're making the big plays along with it. We got a Marte Mapu question. Obviously, Patriots draft pick this year. This is from Brian Shaw. Marte Mapu, please educate people why he's such a nice fit for the Patriots. Y'all's thoughts on his selection at 76. For those uh, that don't know, Mapu is the linebacker, kind of safety hybrid he out of like Sac everything. State. That's he right. really was. Plays fast. That, that's yes. all I can say about Marte it, Mapu. Yeah, exactly. I think that's their their love. Like they love Swiss Army knives. That that's what they want. And he's like, he's a guy. It's yeah, strong safety. End of the line, you know, third down outside linebacker. Whoops, I'm dropping my coffee mug. I mean, he can kind of do all of that, you know, let alone probably going to have, you know, special teams value early on in his career and all those type of things. I think that's really what it is for them. It's they're always looking for specialized people uh, or versatility along their front seven. So he can run, hey, one, one third down, we got two D linemen on and four linebackers and five DBs. And next time we got one D lineman and it's five linebackers and, and you know, five DBs. And you don't know who's blitzing, who's coming, who's dropping, who's covering. That's, kind of, I think, kind of the beauty between the Marte and Mapu kind of pick. It's almost 
It's a smaller version of Kyle Van Noy. I was going to ask something. Mm-hmm. Like and that, I was yeah. in New England when I, they drafted Kyle Van Noy. And when they drafted him, I just said, oh, this guy just, he can play. He knows how to play football. And they'll find a spot and and how that works for him. Yeah, Mapu is a guy that he, despite his size, he'll take on contact. Definitely. No fear. No I mean, fear. That's for Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers type of role that they got up there. I could see him being in that kind of, you know, mold there. You know, and oh, we're playing a team that's got two good tight ends this week. Okay, we need Duggar and Mapu out there together, you know, a little bit. One can blitz, one can stop the run, they both can cover, do whatever. I, I think that's probably what they're looking at with that player. Mapu, I believe, was the highest selection that didn't get a combine invite. Yeah, it's amazing. Cr- it really is. I mean, what do we I mean, and through the what? Through the first four rounds of the draft, we had like two or three guys drafted, I think, that didn't have combine Yeah, I know right? Chandler that's, Zavala that's was rare. in there. There was quite a few. Right. Mapu had a for those that don't know, Mapu had a crazy process. Sac State was really good this year. Yep. He goes to the NFLPA Bowl. Is the best player on the field of those practices. Gets yeah. the call up to the Senior Bowl. That's when I first heard about him. Everybody Same. Saw, yeah, right. He gets called up to the Senior Bowl. I thought he was the best player on those practices. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why isn't this guy at the combine? Right. And good for the Patriots for seeing the talent, not caring about the lack of they combine, don't care. taking him top eight. I think they actually like they that. They do. Right? It's like, oh, we're we a little smarter than you. under yeah. a rock yeah. in California. And we're going to draft them. Fuck your process, NFL. And how did you not draft them the combine? Right. They do love that. I'm with you there. It did feel that way. Another Patriots question. Keith Hart asked, hey, Chris, love the show. As a Pats fan, I just want to know, where are you with Mac? Still a believer? Was it all on him last year or were coaching slash other circumstances to blame? I am still a believer in Mac. I really am. I thought Mac really, towards the end of the year, did a lot of good things. I thought physically he actually looked better than the year before. Like the arm looked better. The arm had more pop on it. You know, early in the year, where I'll say it was a negative is, I mean, you guys, I mean, it's, it was some stupid turnovers. You know, he cost them the Ravens game, right? There was some plays there where, again, I'm all for being aggressive. He had a few plays early in the year where it was like, wait, you're off your back foot and you're just going to throw a jump ball to three guys in the end zone and you don't think the Ravens might catch it, right? There was just some things there where you went, how? But I think that also led into what? You know, why does he do that? Why was he forcing some of those plays? Because the offense wasn't good. So he was probably going, wait, I got to try to create something. I got to make a play here, right? So I I put more of it on the offense for sure. I think you're going to see a big bounce back year from Mac Jones. I am a believer. Again, the beauty of Mac Jones is... Yeah, he's not a guy. This is not Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes or Josh Allen where you just go, hey, just you can play in any offense, make it happen. There's a reason the McDaniels and the Sean Paytons and the Kyle Shanahan's of the world like a Mac Jones because they know, wait, I can throw a whole playbook on him and he can process it and then go out and play and be free and do all the right things that way. And those advantages were taken away from him last year. Oh, we're going to run like the most normal play that every team put in on the third day of training camp, and we're going to run that play nine times in week four and not think the defense might not be on it, right? You're laughing, right? But that's what it went. It's sad, it's so true. You're, taking adva- yeah. you're, you're losing the advantage of drafting Mac Jones and what he can do for you. It's like putting Tom Brady in a simple offense, and you're like, yeah, he can make the throws, but you're not taking advantage of all that Tom Brady can do for you. He could check to this and get to that and do this and do that and see this guy as he's dropping back and adjust the play on the move and and you know those were all cut cut off from uh you know the the things that Mac Jones can do. What are some things you think Bill O'Brien can do for him that'll kind of get him closer to the flashes we saw as a rookie? I think more answers, okay. more easy completions, just things like that. Rhythm right? of the game, you yeah, think? Yeah, okay. right. That's yeah. like you know, 
hey, you know, you're an athlete, anything. You know, just see the ball go through the hoop a few times. It makes a right? world's difference Knock when you're comfortable. Knock a putt in for, you know, from yeah. five feet. Oh, gosh, I'm hitting from anywhere today, yep. right? So that's, that's get them easy completions that way. And then the biggest thing is quarterbacks want answers. There's nothing worse than you're in a meeting and you go, wait, wait, coach, what if they do this? And they go, well, we haven't seen them do that, so they're not going to do that. And then yeah, you get in the game, good. and of course they do that. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that happened to me in my career. That's the nightmare for quarterbacks. You know, I had a game against Arizona in 2004. We prepared for something. We thought we had them on lock. We had them. We got them. <laughs> we got in the game, and they changed it all around. And I was a young player. Yeah. I was making my second start ever. And – Everything Gruden had kind of wires for that week was it was it was it wasn't right, right? They changed it. They knew they must have self scouted, and we didn't have answers. And it was a horrible like, wait, you taught me to do this and follow these rules, and none of these rules are existing with how they're lining up. Right. So what do I do? That's the worst thing for a quarterback. And it's pretty tough to just go to halftime and completely flip the script on that, right? Like Definitely. That's, that's, when people always say halftime adjustments, like how overrated is that thought considering the time you have? There's, and, there's, and there's only a few that can really pull right? it off the right way, right? Or, or make the right adjustments the right way either way. Yeah, there, it's, it's a little bit of an overrated talking point. Realist Truth 85 yeah. asked, with the Jets getting Rodgers, is this the end for Zach Wilson in New York? They kept him. But his situation appears very similar to Jordan Love all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Do you think Zach can really put it all together? Love the pod always since BR and Lefko days. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that, Realist Truth 85. Yeah, I'm, um, I, I think this was part of the love of Aaron Rodgers and why they went all in on it. I think they're still looking to salvage the Zach Wilson thing. I think so, too. You know, I think they looked at this and go, wait, we can get Rodgers, which is great for us now, and it's actually the best for us maybe long-term to continue to develop Zach Wilson. I think that's why they went so far down the road and, you know, didn't go all in on Derek Carr or maybe Jimmy Garoppolo because of some of that because of this angle. Again, you know, there's – I know I've taken a lot of flack. I made him my number one quarterback over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, as it looks right now, I'm wrong. I get it. I, I, I hear you. But what I don't like is everybody like cherry picking on me. And I'm going to go, wait, all of you other people had him as the number two quarterback. <laughs> right. Like, don't act like you were fucking like the not. I guess, Nostradamus. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I also want to be like, hey, wait, I'm also the guy that told you Trey Lance and Justin Fields have problems throwing the football. And I got shouted at for it. And that's the truth. And now nobody wants to go, hey, Chris, you were right about that aspect. It pisses me off in this business sometimes. But I do think that's why they did that. And, you know, I think, too, he's the guy that every organization gets scared to get rid of. They get there's a reason like. Sean Payton liked him coming out in the draft and Shanahan liked him. And, and, you know, you heard other top offensive guys going, Ooh, I see some Rogers Mahomes ish type yeah. traits, right? You know, we see some throws. They've seen things in practice and games where they go, that's special. And they don't want to give up on that. So we'll see where it goes, but I think it's in a good spot for at least for him to, to grow in the right direction. And to counter the question, the Jets have not signed a real backup. No. Tim Boyle is not the guaranteed number two quarterback. They are operating right now, and there's nothing left in the market, yeah. like Zach Wilson's number two. Yes. Right. So, and he should be. He And, and, and again, you know, they're going to have a greater appreciation for Zach Wilson when this OTAs get done because the, the, the receivers, too, they're going to start to go, damn, Wilson's arm is actually as strong as – they're going to appreciate his physical ability more. And now he can refine things. But again, we've seen some high-level stuff from Zach Wilson. 
And at the end of the 2021 season, 2020, yeah, 21 season, yep. I mean, he played some good football, and he was kind of a machine throwing the football. You know, had Brady and the Bucks yeah, on the, the Bucks ropes. Game comes to mind for right. Me. I mean, yeah. he had some good games there. You know, beat beat the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence that year and down the stretch of. The, I mean, did some really positive things last year. It started off okay, but then he got lost in this. Let me throw it sidearm. Let me step here and throw it this angle and that angle, and it just all compiled into worse and worse play for him. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a seventy yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This next one, an Aaron Rodgers question from Hockey Town 71. What are your realistic projections for Rodgers this year in New York? Rodgers last year, 26 touchdowns, 12 picks, uh, about 3,700 passing yards. A, it's funny to call that a down year, but by Aaron Rodgers' standards, yeah. that was a down year. Definitely a down year. Worst year of his career. I think Rodgers is one of those guys that we talk about where I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive, right? He's, he's my been anybody that's been listening to my podcast over the last year and a half. Everybody knows that's my complaint about Rogers the last few years. It's just a little bit of conservative nature, you know, doing what you said, taking the check down where I go, wait, the, the in cut over the rip. middle for 15 yards is open. How much right? does the broken thumb impact? Something well, like it that? was there, but it was there the year before I got okay. on it in the 49ers divisional playoff loss. That's at the end of that season in 2021. That was when I started to kind of hit on it a little bit. There was just, there's some plays being left on the field. Now, I, I think realistically, can do we see a year here of like, I, I'm going to say low 30s in the touchdown pass department and like eight or nine interceptions, right? That's where I think it, I, I don't think this is an offense that's conducive of, and nor do I think they want to play where throw it 45 times a game. We want to throw for 4,800 yeah, yards. Shouldn't need to. They shouldn't. They're going to play defense. I think they want to run the football a little bit that way, right? And then they're going to be, yeah, execute the offense with let's take a shot here and there to Garrett Wilson and company. And I think that's kind of how it's going to play out with the Jets. Right. You look at their personnel. I mean, even keeping Liz, uh, bringing Lazar, keeping Corey Davis, those guys are good receivers, but they're great blockers. Yes, it they just, are. It feels like they'd rather be a little bit – we could punch you in the face, but when we need Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, yeah. we could ask him to do I, that. I, I think that's the way they're going to yeah, play. Yeah. I don't think too. they're going to open it up and yeah, just go, oh, let's just throw the ball every play and do that. No no way. Salah's not from that in Seattle and San Francisco before that. Nathaniel Hackett's not like that. He wants balance. I know that. We saw that not only in Green Bay, but even when he was the Jaguars offensive coordinator before that. So, you know, I would I, I would expect it to what you're saying, Connor. This one from Keith Rumor. Hi, CNC. Realistically, what can the Jets accept? 
accept to uh, expect to achieve this year. In my opinion, we are still squad light, especially for the division, and a few injuries could have us finishing like this year. Love the show, by the way. Makes me look forward to cutting the lawn. That's nice. Wow. Cutting fire, the, so fire, he's up, fire up on Button Podcast while cutting the lawn. Wow. That's, that's, that's a good strategy. That is a good strategy. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully you're uh, firing this one up while mowing the lawn because it is beautiful out here, especially in the tri-state. So here, here's the Jets odds right yeah. now, Sims, to kind of piggyback off the question. This is from our friends at BetMGM. Their win total set at 9.5. If you go over that, obviously minus 130. To make the playoffs, minus 160. So BetMGM is expecting the Jets to make the playoffs. To win the AFC East, not so much, plus 225. To win the AFC, plus 800. To win the Super Bowl, plus 1400. So these odds are kind of telling you that everybody, the public expects the Jets to be a playoff team. Yep. They think they can get to that double-digit win marker, which would be a really big change for them considering the last decade. That's right. But anything after that feels is, a little bit house money That's right, right. Do you, do you agree with the, the book here? I, I think so. I, I do, do agree with the book. I do, right. too. I mean, I can't pick them to win the division. But you have to see it. I got to see it. Well, yeah. The division's like like we've been talking about. The division's it's, hell. It's, I've never <laughs> seen it this good. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't think it's ever been this good from top to bottom, at least in my lifetime. I know in the mid-'80s there – like the Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots were pretty damn good, right? They were. It was a five. It was different then, too. It was Buffalo and the Colts were also in the division as well. So there is that. But, I, I yeah, I mean, the team, the Jets team, I think is as talented as you guys have been in a long time, maybe since the Rex Ryan years. I agree. Right? Yeah. I look at that and, and really probably look at it and go, I think your offense has got more talent than that. I do think they're a playoff caliber football team. The defense is special, and I think it's only going to get better. You know, of course, we think the offense is going to be better, right? So, yeah, I look at them as like kind of what BetMGM does a playoff team that I don't expect to win the AFC East, and I don't expect them to see them in the AFC Championship game either. I don't, but I don't think it's crazy with their roster. I don't, you know, but yeah, it's, it's some teams that are battle tested and really damn good in the AFC. Uh, that, you know, I got to see it to believe it first to, to say they're going to dethrone Mahomes or Joe Burrow or any of them in the AFC. It's tough when your division doesn't have the gimme wins, right? There's not exactly. a bad team in the division. Like, New England's always going to play gonna up be to their opponent. They're going to be right. a handful. And then, obviously, what needs to be said about Buffalo. Right. And then we know what Miami could do is just staying healthy at the quarterback position. Miami's got the best roster in the division. That, that's the funny part. And especially the Fangio hire probably moves the needle more for exactly. them than almost any other move. Exactly. The Jets do have the fourth best odds to win the AFC behind Kansas City, of course. They're plus 330. The Bengals are plus 500. Buffalo's plus 500. Uh, plus 500. And then you have Miami and Jacksonville after them. At Their plus team is better than Buffalo. It's just they got Josh Allen. And he can win you any He can game. win. I mean, as we know, I mean, he's, he's right. Allen, like Mahomes, it's just like a one-man show. They can almost do it by themselves. That's where they're scary. you know. So that, that's that's where you look at it and go, hey, that's a, that's a positive. It definitely is. But like you said, that's just not a given against that guy or the Patriots. Who, Yeah, you're more talented than the Patriots, too, as the Jets. But the Jet, Patriots are good. We know that. And, of course, they're coached, and they usually game plan the right way. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code SIMS, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. So say you are a crazy mofo and you bet $100 on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. If you win, you will make $1,400. But if you lose, you still get $100 worth of free bets, Connor. 
That's pretty nice. The Jets uh, can't let you down for once in that scenario. It's nice. <laughs> uh, they'll find a way. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. All right, SIMS, we've got a couple more questions here All before right, we get out of here. We are not where you done. Go here. We are on the rookie train here with the Saints. Kendra Miller, Victor Tosi asked, Thoughts on Kendra Miller to the Saints? I found it kind of interesting they drafted a, a I don't want to say bruiser, but definitely an in between the tackles runner, considering the running back roster they have. Well, I think the the you know Kamara, you're getting here to the end. It right? feels that way, right? And I, so that that's where I think they're they're planning for the future. Miller's a player. He is very good. He really is. I mean, you talk about bouncing off tackles. One of those guys where you're like. I don't know. It doesn't look fast, but yet people don't seem to catch him a whole lot there, right? So he can be a bell cow type running back. Uh, I think that's the the positives with him. And then you know, even in the past game, you know, it wasn't a thing he was like huge in at TCU, but felt like it seemed comfortable to him. I don't think he racked up a huge number of receptions there or anything like that. Right? Capable, but I didn't remember having any issues with him in the past game. Right. So you know, and again, I think they're a team with that O line. And what they do, they they got a chance to really pose some problems for you on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Michael Thomas being back at receiver, you know, we, Olave, uh, our man R- Rashid Shahid, right? Yeah. They got some heat there. Jawan Johnson at tight end. So there's some things to like about that Saints football team. Yeah, and Kamara's going to be most likely suspended for a large chunk of this uh, year because of the Vegas incident, most right? Most likely, who, who, Jamal my, Williams. Jamal Williams. That's who so, I'm missing I mean, there. Yeah. Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, one-two punch. Exactly. It's not. You're not struggling. You're definitely not struggling. That. And Jamal, you know, I like Jamal Williams. I do. I think Kendrick 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 Miller has a you know a chance to be a little bit more explosive or a big play-oriented type of guy uh, compared to Jamal Williams. He's probably your early down. Jamal, you could throw out there on third downs and goal line. But I think that's what that's where I feel he is. Yeah, if Kamara's out, like Kendrick Miller can do it all the guy. stuff. He's yeah. the guy. I mean, he was in the shotgun, pass protecting, and doing all that stuff. So he cer- certainly should feel comfortable in every aspect of an NFL offense. This one from Nigel J. Bryant. Is Kareem Hunt still a starter in this league? Ooh. Been, been a bad market for the running backs. Horrible. You have Fournette, Hunt, Zeke. They're all just out there. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not as good as the young, That's... talented guys in the league. I'm, I, I don't know, you know. And nobody, as... wants to, nobody wants to dictate any cap space to those no, guys. No, cap space or, oh, wait, you know, guys, are, yeah, it's, it's a lot of wear and tear and, and history and the numbers show that those are guys usually get hurt. Wait, we're going to give cap space to a guy that – you know, might not be able to play for us for the whole year, do that type of stuff there, and is not that special of a player anymore. You know, so Kareem Hunt, let me just say this. I do think he's better than Fournette and Zeke Elliott at this point in his career. I agree, too. I I would certainly say that. But I think he's a pass game, too, right? Right, right. But I think he's a really, you know, there's probably a team or two that I'm missing where I go, oh, he can maybe be the starter, but I'm not even sure about that, actually, as the more I look at the teams here. I think he's really, you'd want him as your really awesome number two. That's what Kareem Hunt still is. Still a really good number two. But I don't know if I look at any team and go, he should start over that guy. Do you? Is there anybody that jumps off to you? The only scenario I can even think of is if if Javante Williams is really – not where he needs to be. The Broncos. Sure. Then you look at the Broncos and go, okay, Kareem Hunt and Samaji P. Ryan, but I might play P. Ryan over Hunt for the early downs. Still, I, I, still. I hear you, but yeah. So that, but that's you're saying. It's a special scenario. It there. takes a. You got to go through a lot of hoops you to get go there. A lot of, that's not a good thing. A lot thing. of teams, right? I mean, you know the 
Hey, uh, okay, Arizona's a team where I look at, right? Are we missing anybody there? And that, you know, there's no bona fide star at running back or anybody like that there where I can go, okay, maybe he could be a starter there. Do they, they re-signed James Conner, right? He's still there. He's in Arizona, yeah. He's in Arizona yeah. still, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's you know. not a, a lot of so places. So that's the only place I can, you know, maybe one place I'd look at, you know, uh, Carolina, maybe another one. Miles Sanders. Though. Uh, oh, Miles Sanders is there too. It's right. tough, man. Right, it's well, tough. I'd put him in that class. So that's another yeah, team that's where fair. I could go. Okay, maybe he could start there. But after that, I think it's a short list. This next one uh, from Steve Dorn. How do you break down the NFL with your son? Are you already breaking down tape plays, strategy, or just enjoying the game? By the way, this is Speedy Stevie. I played wide receiver for Matt in high school uh, at Bosco. What up, Stevie? Speedy Stevie. What up, man? You know? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Speedy Stevie, baby. Um, it, I, I don't break down anything like that. No tapes, play, strategy. Way too early. Right? Just, just, yeah, have just have fun. Let it be fun. Just yeah. have fun. Do we, you know... If we have a catch or maybe we're watching Mahomes or Burrow, I might go, hey, look what he does when he throws or, hey, keep your front shoulder in, you know, but no, it's about having fun at this point. He's in sixth grade. He uh, right now is in baseball season. So yeah. I'm we're worried about pitching the ball right now, you know, throwing heaters. That, that's, nice. where, that's all we're worried about right there. Uh, just letting him enjoy being a kid and playing the game, and you know we'll get into that stuff as he gets older. If he want, if he wants it too, he's got to want it. I'm not going to be the dad that's going to be like, "Hey, Shadara Sims." That's not the way my dad was. <laughs> yeah, my dad was not like that at all. I mean, at all, to the point where, you know, yeah, I mean, he never taught me anything really until maybe my freshman year in high school. He'd tell you where he'd started to go like, "Hey, just think about this on your follow through after you throw the football," but. He was, you know, involved in his own career and let me do my thing, and I will do that with my son as well. I think that just helps kids not burn out exactly. of a sport. Exactly. They really see it a lot. Yeah. I saw it a lot growing up. It's me too. Some of the best athletes I played with as a young kid, right? They were burnt out by eleventh grade, definitely, because they just they had lived like a full time athlete since they were eight years old. Exactly right. That's uh, terrible. We definitely had a few as well. Best athlete I grew up with, you know, uh, I, I I think by the freshman year. Yeah. He'd give it up on everything except for football. He played football, and he didn't even really care about it that much anymore. And I think it was because he had a psycho dad and everything else where it just became too overbearing and annoying. Don't do that. Let kids be kids. You don't have to be a pro at eight years old. <laughs> it's it impossible, actually. Matter, right. Yeah. Just, you know, play all sports, develop all kinds of skills, and you get to high school, then you could start taking the next step in. All right, hey, maybe if you really want to do this, son, then let's start going lessons and start going up to the next level of preparation. We'll close here on a fun one. This is from Lee Dale, UK. Hey, guys, thanks for all the great draft insights. Chris, are you cheating on Ahmed on a regular basis now? When will you give us what we all want, a threesome? Oh, I've been waiting. <laughs> That's right. You know me, diversity, right? Oh, diversity. Man. This is my white my white cheat cheater here. Yep. Ahmed's got a little tan to him. I like yep. a little diversity in the people I mess around <laughs> with. All right. <laughs> Pete, Pete instantly regrets putting this in the rundown. We'll give you a threesome at some point. Yes. Uh, we will. But yes, uh, right now, we're, we're not cheating on, on Ahmed. We're actually trying to let Ahmed catch his breath. We're trying to keep him alive. Him the guy's the hardest working man here he at is. NBC. He's got it going. Yeah. He definitely does. Uh, but if I have to cheat, 
Yeah, I cheat with Connor Rogers. That's right. All right, man. We have had a good time. We had a great time. Uh, and thanks for that question at Lee Dale UK. Big big weekend over in the UK this weekend with I've the coronation and all yes. that stuff, right? Yes. You know, I don't know. Was Meghan Markle in this in the crowd in the disguise? I saw something like that. I didn't really follow all the stories. <laughs> a lot of drama a lot over of there. Drama. Okay. Sounds like there's always drama there. Um, but all right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. That's the pod. It's Monday, AMA. Wednesday, Ahmed will be back in hosting. And we're going to, I think, do something very similar along those lines as far as just dissect certain things around the league. We might take a few subjects and, and do it on our own. And then we want questions from you once again because guess what happens on Monday? Next Monday, it's here once again, the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Hell Countdown. Yeah. It's been about, let me check, three weeks since everybody can shit on me for something <laughs> so here again. it comes again for all of you once one more time the chris sims top 40 countdown but hey thanks for driving the ship today dude you're the no man sweat. it's always right. a blast i appreciate you guys always. having me always. a lot of fun uh and i'm excited to see the outrage you caused oh with the top i'm, I'm 40 sure i'm sure i will we'll see we'll yeah. see where it goes brady's number 41 <laughs> uh jalen hurts where will i have him that's oh, the man. other one tua those are the ones I get the most flack yeah, it's over. It's going to be, yeah. I think we all know that. who the top three or four are. That's, that's for sure. All right, everybody. Peace out. You know where to find us. Ahmed back Wednesday. Everybody be good. Clap it up. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.